This is the Thoughtful Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Kendall of the notaballerina.com travel blog. Every episode, I'll share travel tales from several fellow travel lovers, and together we hope to entertain and inspire you, remind you of some of your own great travel experiences, and encourage you to hit the road again soon. Hello and welcome to episode 318 of the Thoughtful Travel Podcast. It's an interview with Gavorg Babayan, a deep dive into experiential tours in Armenia and beyond. And I have to tell you, there is a mention of chess pong. Yes, it's a kind of alteration of beer pong, and you have to wait and find out what that is. Before I start, I'd like to pay my respects to the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation, where I'm recording this podcast in the middle of a heat wave. Uh, actually, I've been learning much more about the Noongar seasons recently because they fit our actual climate here in the southwest of Australia much better than the standard summer, winter, spring, etc. So you might be curious to know that in this corner of Australia, we're currently in the season of Birak, the first summer, which is dry and hot. And coming up soon, we'll move into Bunaroo, which is the second summer. Yes, this explains a lot to me. Summer is so long here that really we actually have two. And Bunaroo is the hottest part of the year. So I think it's already hot enough. We've had some days in a row, several days well over the century uh, into the 40s. So I'm not that keen on this really hot weather. But what can you do? Anyway. Back to today's episode, and as I said, I'm speaking with Gavorg Babayan, and he is an Armenian tourism professional who spoke with me from its capital, Yerevan, and I first asked Gavorg to describe his background in tourism for me. So I grew up in a, in a small village in the mountains. It's uh, nature, nature, beautiful nature. It's lots of history. Back in the Soviet times, it was lots of science. I grew up in the scientific labs. My, my parents were engineers. Mm. And then Soviet Union collapsed. It, uh, only nature left. So everything we did, it was connected with the nature. But, you know, when you grow up in a, in a small village all around mountains, you don't have a big scope, you don't see the world, you don't see much, but you know there is the world, you know, there is there, there is much greater uh, world and much uh, more to do. And my uncle, I have an uncle who was working on a cruise ship uh, in a, during Soviet times from Vladivostok. Wow. And he traveled up to Australia in the Soviet times. And uh, he would come back to, to Armenia with lots of gifts, unique gifts, and uh, with, the, with the stories, you know. And it was big inspiration. Wow. However, I never considered uh, going to tourism. And then when I was studying already in Yerevan, I needed a night. Sh- I needed a job, and then I ended up uh, having a night shift, guarding job in a hostel. Interesting. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, again, Australians actually, Australian Armenians opened up that mm-hmm. uh, hostel, the first one in Caucasus. Actually, I I, I love the atmosphere. I love the mentality you know of uh, staying in the bunk beds mixing up and mingling with different people and I, at that time I didn't speak English so I started to teach myself uh, in two years uh, after that 2007 I started Yerevan free walking tours with that some uh, with the same company and then uh, 
one year later, we started tours all around Armenia. And then a few years later, it was my initiative with this company. We went to Georgia, our neighbor country, and then set up hostel and tours there. I did all these uh, management, managing, uh, establishing things. And then 2016, I moved to Cambodia with the same company to, to run the hostel there and set up tours. But there is no Armenian who is not thinking about side businesses. So <laughs> I had also my small Armenian restaurant that time in Phnom Penh. Wow. And that's why I took my, un- my, my uncle there and then we were running it together. It was quite an experience, I tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, since 2019, I'm working for myself. I'm, run, I'm organizing unique travel experiences uh, for travelers coming to Armenia. And also started uh, like local Dorayo. Uh, that's more in 2020 and then uh, COVID hit hit the world <laughs> but uh, more actively we started uh, to run like local in 2022 and at this moment we are kind of already in, uh, in a couple of countries expanding quite rapidly so this is kind of a brief or long I don't know my, my background uh, what I've done can you tell me a bit more about what it was like moving to Cambodia to set up a hostel? The ho- hostel there was set up already. I went there to run, but I set up tours for them. Right. Uh, and then I set up my own restaurant. Uh, actually, you will be surprised if I say that the cultures are very similar. I am surprised. Okay, tell me more. We are both very, very sure of people and very kind of uh, nationalistic. I would say absolutizing everything. Everything ours, both Armenians and Cambodians. Everything my is correct and the best. Everything Armenian is right and the best. Okay. So I found myself in very comforting <laughs> situation, but <laughs> but it doesn't make your job easy. I tell you at all. No. Yeah, and then there are no structures, there are no organizations, there are no like. Uh, I, w- I was ready for all that because from Armenia, I knew it's kind of uh, it will happen. Although Cambodia, of course, has much more freedom, uh, freedom of um, diversities, Mm -hmm. okay, freedom of activities, actions, which was very, very pleasing to me, very, I I liked it very much, I I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's also the uh, sweet attraction or addiction the Southeast Asian countries have, that you're pulling you back always, that freedom. Mm -hmm freedom of being yourself. Uh, while Armenia is much more judgmental country and imposing judgmental okay. kind of uh, you can you can hear things about yourself while walking on the streets, you know, if you look a little bit different or things. So. But 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 that's to, to uh, locals to locals, locals mm-hmm. to each other. Sure. Okay? I mean as a guest you're very secure, you're you're holy. If you're a guest you're kind of you know sacred. No mm-hmm. one will dare to touch you. So the way you describe that there is is a very thoughtful approach to, and obviously you are always kind of noticing and thinking about these. So I want to bring you back to my big question is, um, as a traveller, what do you think it means to be a thoughtful traveller? I never thought that you should be thoughtful for travelling before. Mm-hmm. Before I was, I was thinking, okay, Armenians don't travel much. So when I started to travel, it's for different reasons. And then once you have the chance to travel, you want to absorb as much as possible, as much information as you can get, you know, starting from the smells, uh, sounds, looks and everything. You know, like, because you're not sure that you will travel again. 
And I remember my, my mom didn't travel much, uh, just a couple of times to Russia mm. and, and until now she tells these stories, you know. And uh, when you grow up with that mindset, thinking, okay, you have this chance to travel, then better create as much memories uh, as possible so you, you, you can carry all your life. Of course, fortunately, the life is different. Now we have more chances, more opportunities to travel, you know, this is, uh, this is great. But... I think fortunately I I have that instinct still you know whenever mm. I go to absorb as much as possible at the beginning you do that totally just reflect uh, reflection as reflection but then after a couple of times you start to compare you want or not but you start to compare and that's where also the analyzing comes mm-hmm. you know you start to analyze okay here these these things were like interesting unique to the others or to back to uh, back home and then all these to me created the image that if i want to discover a country and be a thoughtful i better know what i can do or what the people of that country would appreciate me mm. how i can behave or how i can uh, you know like what what can i see what can i experience that the people of the the, the local people would appreciate of course different countries different things there are some activities which i may not in, enjoy and i would say no i don't want to be part of it even but within the framework of my values what i can do that be part of that community and experience that real you know vibe of the country that's what pushes me uh, quite often wherever i go just go to the remote districts and go to the uh, neighborhoods where which are not touristic at all you know like enter to the backyards go to the you know and speak to the people t- try to make connections go to the local bars and hang out with the locals and that's all to discover actually t- t- discover the local mentality local problems mm-hmm. local joys and try to be part part of it so that's what i would say thoughtful traveler to me you know preferably can do and not to be a stranger to, to the place you're visiting it's really interesting to hear that kind of the evolution of how you thought about travel and it makes perfect sense i remember when i was living i was living in bratislava in slovakia in um like 2003 2004 So all of my students, I was teaching adults, I was teaching business English. And so they'd all grown up in the Soviet system when, you know, the thought of travel was pretty limited. And I always remember I left left after a year, moved on to Germany. But my best Slovak friend there, you know, very tearfully said goodbye. A year later, we got to meet up again. But she said to me then... I really thought I would never see you again, I, you know, because travel didn't seem like a plausible thing, you know, because that mindset is that you just, it's not a, you know, you don't have this mobility, even though, you know, that was already the case that you could, but the mindset was, you know, I'll never see you again. You're leaving my country. One more thing may I add to, to that question, because what you've said, the mindset, that's very crucial, not a very important part, because while we travel, we meet other travelers also. I mean, in, in, it was sh- shocking for me, I tell you. When I was in Cambodia meeting travelers from uh, Germany or uh, Canada, young 
people 27, 28 years old. And then I say, like, yeah, we, I worked for a while and I quit my job and now I'm traveling. I just uh, maybe stay here, work in a bar or something. This kind of a mentality you cannot have in Armenia. I mean, like how possible you give yourself that kind of a luxury of not working, you know, not just enjoying life. As, as a thoughtful traveler, it's also important to to see the people around you, not only the locals, but also the travelers mm-hmm. who are there, you know, interact with them. And then in that place, in that time, discover a different mindset and, uh, you know, like interact with different mindset, exchange with different cultures. And, and, and that opens very colorful world this is what makes travel so valuable you know you don't care about the money you just pay because these experiences you don't get home you don't and it's it's important as a human being to experience as much colors ideas possible in, in your life I think so too. Absolutely. It was super interesting to get a bit more of Gevorg's perspective. It's quite a different way to start life um, in Soviet times. Uh, I then asked him to tell me a bit more about how he develops this very thoughtful approach to the tours that he runs and organises, because he has a lot of very cool ideas. It's again an evolution. When I started the tours in in Armenia back 2007 and eight, my my bosses uh, they were experienced travelers and then they said okay we run these tours uh, but you know what would be great if we take travelers and make connection with the locals so what if we organize the lunch you know with with the locals I said no problem I can organize it so I started I knew the itinerary where we're gonna stop by lunchtime and I would go to a village and knock a, knock a door just just like that. I say, okay, I have this uh, proposal, you know. Just randomly? Just randomly. <laughs> cool. And, and it worked. It worked. I found great families. We started to work with them until now the, the, the connection is there. Wow. And then end of the tour, I'm taking these people to the greatest sightseeing of Armenia. I mean, you, you cannot imagine how important for Armenians, you know, these sightseeing are. Uh, and then the end of the tour, the all the guests were like, yeah, the lunch with the family is like uh, fantastic. It's like, what? Really? <laughs> That's the best bit. <laughs> we, we don't appreciate what we have, you know, when uh, the locals, we don't appreciate what we it's have. It's every day for you. It's a normal thing. So, yeah. And then and then uh, we, we copied this idea, but the small scale in Georgia and Cambodia. And then I realized the first people want to discover, people want to connect with the locals want to discard the local life and there are no kind of a direct you know tools for this what if what if i develop it so that's how i got to 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 the idea of like local recruiting local people who live their life they can be shoemakers they can be just marketing experts they can be doctors anyone but they live their life right and uh, that life could be for a certain hours open for uh, travelers that you mm-hmm. enter into that life you know i think it is thoughtful because it's not regular it's not organized i mean it's really not organized these people don't have uh, customer service trainings or they mm-hmm. don't do that for you they are not going to change anything just for you that's one thing you know also, I see nothing wrong also about the organizing things and organizing things, provoking uh, different ideas. 
among travelers to look at the place differently. Mm. If you do even the sightseeing, how can be that experiential for you? Even if it's a historic place, how we can put you in a situation that you act with that place? Uh, you go to a church, how Armenians, uh, let's say, pray. Mm. Okay, even if you're not a believer, you know what's the what's the action? Uh, you're seeing a baptism. How how you can be part of it? Or if you're in a nature, how you can touch the nature? You know how you can be interacting with the nature. So I ask sometimes my guests to just walk barefoot on the, on, the, on the ground and touch the soil. You know, have that feeling. Mm. First, feel the pressure. How you you know push the land and how it gives you back. And then all the terrain, all these th- these are experiences which are not hard. It's very simple, but quite memorable and quite powerful. You know, for uh, for the guests, for the travelers. I think the thoughtful world is unlimited. Uh, if, you, if you know Olaf Eliasson, a Danish Icelandic artist, visual artist. Ah, I don't. He is fantastic, actually. One of my most favorite uh, artists, uh, modern artists. His art is quite experiential. You, you go into an environment which uh, differs something. And there's a Netflix documentary about him on, uh, it's called Abstract, about visual artists. There's the episode, a moment when he says, like, we take the nature as granted, and, but we don't consider that uh, from place to place it changes. Like the, and then the generic thing, like the light, uh, light of the sun, sunlight, is different in different countries. And then how he does is like a white paper, uh, he, he puts that into in, in different countries. Okay, and the color is different. Huh. And I was I was surprised to see that one of the countries it was Armenia. In the Soviet times, when they wrote the guide speeches, to because it was all centrally controlled, you know, like managed by the mm-hmm. uh, government. It always starts. Welcome to Armenia. Uh, welcome to Armenia and the sunny city Yerevan. So Yerevan has this brand of being a sunny. Right. And now I I give a piece of a paper to my guests, you know, and then they are in downtown of Armenia. I take their photos. I was like, okay, this is your souvenir taking with you the color of sun of Armenia. These are small things, but again, puts you into a position to think. Yes. Okay, Yerevan sun is different. Yes, you know, it exactly. It's different. It's genius i think that kind of thing it's very thoughtful well it's olaf reliosons and he's and he's genius he's genius so i'm just copying and bringing that to tourism but just stopping your guests getting them to stop and consider these issues is beautiful is there anything else particular that you do with your guests that you think is what helps them enjoy traveling with you or experiencing places with you there's small bits which I do about pretty much everything and uh, okay have you sent a letter to your government ever probably not so the government building uh, in Armenia is in the, in the, the main square okay okay and then there's this uh, reception to, to, to the government where you can enter and then leave a note or send a letter 
So I took my guests there and then they send the wishing or cursing, I don't know, whatever they want to Armenian government. What have you done that ever? You know? That's so cool. What kind of things do they say? Well, I tell them, I mean, like, whatever emotions you have, uh, you know, you want to pass to our government, you're welcome. So hopefully they read, I don't know, but uh, we, we submit our letters. You know, the beer pong, you, you, you know, the beer pong game. Yes. Yeah. So I came up with the chess pong. Chess is very popular in Armenia and we have a chess house here even, you know, dedicated to world uh, champion Tigran Petrosyan. We, we are a world champion. Uh, the building is uh, a building is fantastic. One of the gems of uh, Soviet architecture, and the inside decoration also very beautiful. Still kept preserved from the Soviet times. We have lots of people who play chess. Actually, it's taught in a school even, you know, and as a mandatory uh, subject. There are lots of old people who play chess like grandmasters, mm-hmm. but they are not professionals, mm-hmm. and they hang out in the chess house. So I take my guests to play chess with this old man. And then the trick is, if he wins, they drink. But the problem is that he always wins. So they always drink. (laughs) And we drink brandy because uh, that's what Armenians drink. And then, yeah, and then here we come. Chess chess (laughs) pong. I have a chess pong. I try to speak about the history even through art through performances. One thing which we have in Armenia quite, let's say, cheap is the labor, mm. <laughs> an intellectual labor, I would say, unfortunately. Mm. Unfortunately, particularly like artistic uh, things is quite affordable. So I, I try to give them also a job. I try to give them uh, opportunity to use their skills, not only on a stage as a, you know, in a theater, but also with in tourism. So I hired artists that when we need, when I need to tell a story or a history, it's more of a performance rather than a lecture mm. of mine. And the performance is not a classical theater performance. It's really like acting strange and weird that you will remember that action. Right, great. All of those ways that you are stopping people from having the normal tourist experience makes them stop and think and absolutely enjoy themselves and get more out of it. I mean, I think it's really, really, really well done. Absolutely love all of Givog's really original ideas and really just making people stop and think in different ways to any kind of average tour. I would uh, definitely love to be shown around by him. Uh, He also actually told me about tours where he takes groups, for example, to the orchestra rehearsal rather than the show. They can see behind the scenes and and meet and talk to people and even to the theatre where sometimes he can arrange for them to for someone to, for example, be on stage as part of like, you know, a, a large group on stage, not just watching from the seats. So all kinds of really wonderful experiential ideas. So to finish up our chat, I just asked Gevorg if he had any final words. And of course, being the wise soul he is, he did. And I hope that all together we can create a world on the tourism for serving its real mission, bringing tolerance, equality, acceptance of uh, being yourself as it is. I think we are straight from this mission. Tourism is too commercial and too artificial nowadays and very mm-hmm. poor content or no content, you know, just uh, just nice uh, Instagram post, you know. 
and I hope we all people who understand this will will put extra efforts, you know, to to show with our uh, with with our example that there's wonderful world. There's so much more to do. So much thoughtful, smart, intellectual, you know, really, really precious world to be discovered in uh, in, in our life, rather than just going and just a snap and done, you know. So many fabulous words of wisdom. This interview did cause me to do a few interesting rabbit hole dives, but the most uh, important and relevant I'll share is you may remember that Givorg mentioned the artist uh, Olafur Eliasson. You may well know him because when I Googled, I was like, oh, okay, he's done all this stuff that I know about, um, including, for example, the Rainbow Panorama Walkway at the main gallery in Aarhus in Denmark, which I visited a few years ago. It's stunning. And if you watched the uh, crime drama, Danish crime on uh, called Dite, it was featured heavily in that. Um, and he also designed or is involved in the design of the Harper Concert Hall in Reykjavik in Iceland. If you've been out on a harbour cruise there, you will have seen it and so much more. And Givorg mentioned that Netflix uh, documentary or the series called Abstract, The Art of Design. And Eliasson's episode is episode one of season two. I had a look. It's fabulous. And the bit about Armenia is and showing the light in different places, including uh, Yerevan, is right at the end, but worth watching the whole episode. So thank you very much for listening to episode 318 of the Thoughtful Travel podcast. I will also leave a link in the show notes to likelocal.io. Well, that's the link, actually, likelocal.io. Of course, Gevorg is the CEO and founder of Like Local, and it's um, a way you can organize to meet up with local people, especially in Cambodia, Vietnam, and Armenia. In fact, my friend Tracy Collins has just used them, and uh, we're chatting with her soon, so we'll get another perspective. But I can tell from her Facebook photos that she had a blast. And um, yes, I'll also leave a link to our groups. Don't forget, we have the Facebook group for Thoughtful Travellers and the LinkedIn group for Thoughtful Travellers as well. I have also recently launched my newsletter on Substack. So it used to be just a regular newsletter, but now it's available on Substack at thoughtfultravel.substack.com. So come along and subscribe if you would like. So all of this um, info and more will be at the show notes. And for this episode, you can find them at not about ballerina.com slash 318. As always, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Thoughtful Travel Podcast. Show notes and other information are at notaballerina.com slash podcast. Join me again soon for another chat about why we travel. Bye for now. Bye.